What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa, and today we have a great episode in store for you guys. As you know, on Down to the Wire, I like to, you know, you know, do a multitude of things. I like to cover, you know, all the things happening in major professional sports, but I also like to interview athletes from all different professions and all different sports. Uh, most recently on the show, I interviewed White Sox minor league pitcher Sean Burke, but I've also interviewed I've also interviewed individuals such as Tyler Madison of the now of the Detroit Tigers, as well as Ronald Joseph, running back at running back at Bryant University. But today I'm switching things up a little bit. You know, you know, I kind of stepped out of my comfort zone when I interviewed when I interviewed Max Beaupre and talked with him about his about his about about his mountain biking experience and today i'm doing something very similar as well you know you know i love to have you know guests from sutton massachusetts on the show you know it's where i grew up where i was born and you know i'm you know i'm very proud to do that once again so you know joining me from sutton massachusetts in my basement once again is another one of my friends from high school you know so without any further ado please welcome to the show rowan woods how's it going brian i'm glad to have you i doing good man how you doing I'm just a dandy. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. So, you know, Rowan, uh, you know, I don't think I've, I don't think I've prefaced this at this point, but you know, the main thing I want to talk with you about on this show is, you know, you know, we've had some, you know, we've kind of had some past, you know, you know, sports memories with each other. We, yeah. we played some baseball back in the day. Oh, way back when, way back when I know, I know it was, I know it was a long time ago. We sitting on the bench and playing right field, you know, same days. Listen, same here, same here. I was doing the exact same thing, Rowan. Uh, you know, I found my stride with that. But I know you also had some. I also I know you also kind of had some, you know, athletic career paths in gymnastics. We also, you know, we also were part of a dominant four by two team in high school. Oh, of course, yeah, no, we were the best. But you know, I'll let you kind of get started with it, and you know, I'll have you introduce yourself a little bit, talk about your athletic background, and I'll let you also talk about, you know, the main thing we're talking about today is your is your uh, athletic career in sailing. I'll let you I'll let you start off with that and let you take it from there. Yeah, no. Um... One of the first sports I started playing was uh, soccer, just like every other person in the town. Yeah, pretty basically. <laughs> played that for like two years when I was in like kindergarten. I yeah. wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, definitely played baseball up until sometime in middle school. Yeah. I was never very good at that. Didn't really enjoy it. But I did do gymnastics for, I'd say maybe around five years. And, you know, maybe I can't do some of the like cool stuff, but I could still do a handstand and a backflip. So some of it still holds i i remember seeing you do a backflip you, you pulled that off at a talent show I, that was yeah that was pretty awesome that's great <laughs> like it was a very i remember you watching walking out there it was a very basic like you know like it was you know no 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 flashing lights no anything you just walk out there as yourself i think you were like legit in like jeans or khakis too yeah. and you just stand there like everyone's like what the heck is roan gonna do is like he gonna break out into a dance and all of a sudden you just I, we just see you wind up and go into a full on flip. And everyone I remember just lose lost their mind. It was great. It was amazing. <laughs> were, you, were you nervous when you did that? No, really? No, because if, if here's the thing about doing like flips or anything like that. If you're nervous, like you can't do it. Yeah, because like if like it's all, like honestly, like you could do a backflip right now. You Jeez. have like most people have the physical ability to do one. It's just they don't have the mental ability to do one i 100 like, don't have the mental ability to do one like you know most people can do like a let's say a front flip into like a pool yeah and it's easy because you can visualize yourself and you can see yourself doing it but it's actually far easier to do like a standing back flip really than a standing front flip it's it's just physical like physically harder for your muscles to engage in that sort of motion but mm -hmm. yeah no i did uh, gymnastics for um yeah quite some years and then i stopped because i was starting to hit a wall and i was competing at like a level where most kids who are competing against were like much younger than me yeah so it was, it was just hard for me to 
compete because it's easier for those kids to like do some of those holds and exercises because you know they're running around they're 70 pounds meanwhile yeah. I'm, I'm probably about a good 50 pounds heavier than them so yeah no and then after that um kind of slowed it around and then i got into the track program at you know the high school yeah did did track uh, indoor outdoor i even did a season of cross country don't it was bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was definitely glad I did it. You know, cross country was never something I was able to do. I mean, I, you know, for someone with me, my asthma would have killed me out there. I would have had a heart attack if I ran cross country. So I uh, I definitely give you credit for doing it. I remember, uh, you know, I remember when you signed up for track, uh, you know, you know, you had one of the, you know, one of the bigger jumps, you know, throughout your high school career. I remember you started off and, you know, there was it, you know, it took a while, but come your junior and senior year, every everything hit its stride and you become, yeah. you became one of the fastest guys on the team. It was incredible mm -hmm. to see. Yeah. Just working hard. Cause I mean, there's always going to be people who are more talented than you and it's, it's up to you to yeah. put in that hard work to, to get to their same level. So, yeah. I mean, I remember one thing in particular was uh, we were, I think it was around my, I, it was our, I think it was the last race we ever did in, in a four by two and we were at the Reggie Lewis center. And I just remember seeing, you know, I, I, I look, I had to look back at the video of it. Cause it, cause I was like, I was like, that was a really good race by us. And I remember I just seeing you, you know, you came around the corner and we were, we were behind on this one team and you had an amazing like cut in to absolutely, you know, cut this kid off. And we ended up getting first place and it was, you know, an amazing, you know, it was just an amazing, like, you know, yeah, think, of running I, right I, remember there. That. I think I had to, I was, I was about to pass him, but then I hit the, it would hit the turn, hit the, hit the turn. Cause it was the, an indoor track. So it was a, 200 meter track rather than 400 so i had to wait for the the turn to be over okay and i had to take him and he, and he was actually trying to, to box me out but i was able to pass him the straight so that's awesome it worked out yeah so you know obviously you have a ton of athletic experience in multiple fields but today what we're going to be talking about is your career in sailing mm -hmm. uh you know how did that get started well when i was a kid my parents were always looking for something for me to do during the summers because they would be working and they don't want, you know, let's say you're 11 year old to just be home alone. Cause yeah. nothing good ever really comes of that. Nothing but, good comes of that. Like, I mean, you, you mean, we've seen home alone. We've seen everything yeah, that happens as a result of it. it. You know, home alone to documentary of, of kids that are abandoned at their house. Yeah. So, um, no, but they're just looking for programs to run camps for me to do. And there's like, there's different price ranges. Like you, I did a couple WPI camps and they're just stupid expensive. <laughs> But then and up in um, Worcester, Mass, there was a Regatta Point community sailing where it was incredibly cheap comparatively compared to everything else. And I went there with my sister for two weeks and she hated every second of it. But I, <laughs> I wanted to go back. And so I went back the next year, got involved in like the, the older kids program, okay, which was like three week sessions. And I just loved doing it every year. And then I got more and more advanced to the point where I could start doing um dinghy races for you know our, our club team mm -hmm. during the summers and then i sort of did that in the fall and the spring as well and mm -hmm. then i transitioned to becoming an instructor and then joining being an instructor high school ending joining college joined my college sailing team i attend um university of rhode island okay and then from there that's where i am today so yeah so you know and one of the things I have to wonder is, you know, did you have any experience with like water sports before sailing? Like, what, did you do swimming of any, like, you know, per, I'm, I'm obviously swimming, but like professional, like swimming, anything like that? Or, you know, was it just something that you kind of just picked up and went with? Something I picked up and went with. I mean, like I had a 
pool in my backyard and that was, that was about <laughs> it. So, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I get that. So I was, so I didn't know if there was any other kind of relation as to how you got into it. You know, obviously, you know, no matter what the sport is you get into, it's, you know, you have to have, you know, there are always those individuals that kind of, you know, really kind of, you know, enlighten you and inspire you to kind of, you know, pursue things and go further with it. For you, when you got into sailing, obviously, what, when did you get into it? What what age did you probably first start? I think 12. Okay, so 11, 12. So, you know, at that point, you know, you're, you're meeting probably some younger instructors and, you know, getting into it at that point, you know, throughout your, you know, sailing career, it's, you know, I'm, I'll go, you know, all throughout it now. Are there any kind of, you know, individuals who you kind of look back on and, you know, even possibly have now and and, and say, you know, they were, they've been really big uh, influences in my, in my uh, career? I definitely mean like when I first started, it was just, you know, you just being a kid and having fun and messing yeah. around with your friends on a boat. But then once I got into my sort of racing thing, I had an instructor and he, he was pretty helpful. But then there's actually another guy who I did an internship with in high school. His name is Kringle. Okay. He, <laughs> this man does everything, but really? He, he really taught us a lot for, for racing mm-hmm. and also showed me like, cause I was into racing, but some of my friends weren't. And so it was always like interesting seeing you know who who connects with what and what sticks with who yeah i mean i remember you kind of i think we were at lunch one day and i remember you talking to us about uh there was this big race going down i forget exactly where it was but it you 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 were talking to us about it you're talking to us about it and i guess it's this really big race do you it would you possibly you know have any any idea of what of what i'm talking about here that was uh probably the junior olympics i think that was in duxbury really yeah that's awesome yeah i mean did did pretty bad but I have to have to place sort of the blame on my instructor because we uh, there's like a third sail you can use for downwind legs and we okay. honestly hadn't been taught to use that and we were competing against yeah. else you had it. So I know so I remember you mentioned that and then I think there was also like this big professional race that was happening from like it was from like one like it was like from one kind of coast to another. I forget exactly what it was, but you had mentioned to me at the time and it was like this really big race that was going on. I you know unfortunately don't remember the name. It just kinda it's no, kinda um, yeah, I think that might, must have been the the Volvo Ocean Race. Yes, that was it. Yeah, the, I remember you mentioned it, that to me. It's it's changed its name to just the Ocean Race now. Okay, but yeah, the Ocean Volvo Ocean Race or the Ocean Race, whichever one you want to call it. Yeah, that's a that's a one of the most famous sailing races in the world. Okay, just yeah. just behind the America's Cup. So yeah. So what kind of uh, is entailed? What kind of uh, what does that really entail? So it's it's sort of teams companies and countries they're all kind of like representing you know each certain country and team yeah but it's just these series of races from from like location to location like i believe there was one from um like newport to england and then like england to let's say like africa or or just it's just this global circuit of all these various different legs of races yeah and it's a matter of which team can consistently compete best among each of those legs okay and then that's how like like the winner is decided so. okay that makes sense you know i mean that that's awesome to see you know you know i i mean i you know how long is how long do those races kind of typically go the entirety of the the races it, it definitely takes a few a few months just because there's it's, <laughs> you're you're traveling hundreds if not thousands of, of nautical miles yeah and you know it's you have to play off the wind because yeah. the wind's not going to play off of you. Yeah, no, so. that is insane. I mean, just months of, I mean, obviously, you know, when you're training for a sport, you know, obviously you're putting in months and, you know, for some people, even years of preparation, but that's insane to think about. But, you know, one of the things I also want to ask, ask of you was you, you mentioned that, you know, some of your friends were into sailing, some weren't, 
Uh, and, you know, you also mentioned that, you know, for some, it's kind of just like when you're younger, it's kind of just messing out on the water, like, you know, kind of messing around, having like a good time. Yeah. And when did it shift for you to, you know, obviously, I obviously I assume that you're still having a great time with it to be doing it, to be doing it at the University of Rhode Island. I have to assume that. But for you, when did it shift from becoming like, oh, this is something fun. Like I, I kind of, you know, enjoy to go out to the regatta and like do all this stuff. And I, you know, enjoy all this. When did that shift to? Hey, I want to do this competitively and I really want to, you know, you know, see, see where I rank amongst the best for me it would be, well, for me as a kid, I'd, I always wanted to move up to like the, the bigger and better boats. So like you start yeah. like, like the very family friendly, safe hunt, safe, <laughs> like boats. And then you get into a little bit faster ones. Then once you get into like the sort of high performance boats, like the, they're called four twenties, okay, which refers to 420 centimeters in hull length. So okay. How long the boat is. Yeah. And the 420 is actually the second most mass produced dinghy in the world wow just behind the the optimus which is basically just a just a big bathtub yeah <laughs> um but yeah once you get to those boats you really start to learn like really how the boat works okay and then what once you have a really good understanding of how the boat works and how you can control the boat then you can start you know racing against your friends racing against other people and they go to even the bigger races after that. So, yeah. So kind of talking about how much, you know, when talking about, you know, how the boat works and obviously, you know, when you're racing, you know, the different, you know, with, with different boats is going to come, you know, you know, a different kind of, you know, output and whatever you're getting out of it. But when you're racing, you know, how much of it would you say is, you know, you know, the, the quality of the boat that you have and, you know, like, you know, you could have like the nicest boat ever, but how much of it is based on the skill of, you know, the sailors and the people actually doing it? Like, I remember, I remember Matt, when I interviewed Max Beaupre, who was, uh, you know, a fellow mm -hmm. classmate of ours, he was talking to me about his experience with mountain biking. And I think he said that it's 80% skill and 20% equipment. And that was, and I guess that's like his kind of, and I guess in mountain biking, that's kind of their golden, uh, like equation of saying, of saying like, Hey, 80% of you, it's gotta be, you know, you, you gotta be in it. And it's you, because you're the one driving the thing, but 20%, if you just have some, you know, random old, like, you know, toy thing, then it's not going to really work. How much of it would you probably say is, you know, relegated to, you know, the equipment versus, you know, the, uh, I'd say like 5%. Really? It's really, as long as you have lines in your lines in your boat that run and you have sails that aren't ripped <laughs> and your boat is in one piece, you're at least for, regattas that i raced in which are one design regattas meaning that every boat is more or less basically the same minus like let's say the lines you use and the types of sails that you lose yeah. but even so they have to be approved like my friends were at the race with me and on day two of the race because it was a, it was a two-day race they were getting called out for because they we had bought a brand new sail mm. but wasn't actually club 420 approved so we had to switch back to an older one because it was technically an illegal sale oh geez that... and so i mean and it's one design by and large is is tend to be preferred in my okay. experience just because it, it's a much more fair playing field yeah um i mean but once you get to some other types of boats like i've um the guy kringle that i mentioned earlier he yeah. has a boat called the international 14 okay which the entire thing with sails on it, the entire thing rigged, everything on it weighs 120 pounds. This thing is made of enti like entirely of carbon fiber. Jesus. Things are flying. It's, it's, <laughs> it's barely a sailboat. That's crazy. And with that is that they have a box rule. So meaning that the, the sailboat has to fit within a certain dimensions of like an imaginary box. So like certain, mm -hmm. you know, this is how long it can be. This is how tall it can be. Yeah. But you can do whatever you want to the boat within that box. Yeah. So then it becomes kind of like a builder's race. And then, with the America's Cup, like the like the biggest 
sailing competition in the world. Many people are a little frustrated with it because it's come become kind of like a builder's race, if you will. Okay. Where teams just experiment with how can we make our boat the best? Yeah. And that works out one way or another. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for me, in my experience of racing, it's the majority of it is comes down to skill level mm-hmm. where and- it's, it's how you handle the boat and how you can compete and play off of other people. So, yeah. And, and talk and kind of going off skill level, you know, what is the commitment like when you're, you know, when you're training for something like this, like to get to your type of a skill level and, you know, even to other people above you and even certain individual individuals like that, I'll go with you for this, but what is the type of commitment that you've had to put in to, uh, to get to the level you're at? I mean, as a kid, you just, uh, for me, it was just going to a summer camp and then maybe going down once or twice a week into like the fall. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of doing it there, and then once you get to a more um, competitive or like collegiate level, then that's going to be multiple times per week of like you know normal sports practice. Yeah, but it's mainly just experience. And then even if you're not racing, you're you want to be trying to be you know learning as much as you can. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you know when when it, when you ended up going to you or I was you know going was you know you know a, was you know being a part of the sailing team something that was a part of your mind or was it uh something that you or were you kind of there in it and you saw it as uh and you saw the opening and you were like oh this is perfect for me i should go into it like was this something that you knew you were going to do when you went to the university of rhode island it was definitely something i I wanted to do yeah so i didn't join first thing i waited a semester because i was like oh school school's gonna get in the way i don't want to be afraid of school yeah my first semester was incredibly incredibly easy really (laughs) yeah it was pretty easy but i definitely should have joined because i joined then in, in the spring semester my freshman year but then COVID happened. Yeah. So I think I went to about like four or five practices and then everything got shut down. Everything got shut down. How did, uh, you know, how did COVID impact you guys? I mean, obviously things got shut down like as, you know, you, you know, as a student and also as a member, you know, us as an athlete, how did you kind of find out about when it, when everything got shut down, what it was, uh, your experience like with that? Well, I mean, getting sent home and doing online school, nothing really happened, but yeah this past year what we did in the fall since we couldn't have any schools travel to us and we couldn't go to any other schools to compete Mm -hmm. we just ran a series of weekend in-house regattas Mm -hmm. where people on the team would be competing against each other okay like they'd have like you know scoring ranks and then just try to play off of like you know find a good partner yeah and then try to sell your best. Yeah, so. it's almost kind of like a uh, like an NFL training camp, or maybe not a training camp because yeah. you guys are competing in the end. Mm-hmm. But you know it. Yeah, you know, so you guys are getting that live action. Uh, you know, that that's actually really cool. What, what was it like having to compete against your teammates? Was it was it you know kind of a friendly competition, or was it uh, or did things kind of get mean, heated? It's, I mean, there's always going to be some people protesting, other people <laughs> think, thinking. You foul me. I'm going to hit you with the rule 17, bro. What the, What does that even mean? <laughs> it's the U.S. sailing books of uh, standard rules. So there's really? certain rules of the road they get to play by that everyone okay. has to play by. But, I mean, it's it's definitely wasn't as as intense as competing against in their school. But for me, like, I'm me being kind of the, the newer kid on the block. Yeah. I always try to not be too aggressive. And then makes sense. There's so many, at least on my team, there are so many just incredibly just talented sailors. Like, I'm I'm make no claims to be the best i'm absolutely <laughs> not the best yeah that, that that's and awesome. like the my guy my team who was the, the the captain this year before he graduated he was like remember the optimist the, the most produced boat in the dinghy in the world uh yeah he was the national champion when he was a kid really he was the, he was the number one sailing kid <laughs> sailor 
when like when he was a kid. That's insane. And <laughs> it's like I, you know, these are the people I got to com- compete against. No, like when you meet best, like so. when you meet like child phenoms, it's like. And like, you know, seeing him grown up, like obviously like, you know, most of the time they're still like, they're still very good, but like, it's crazy. Like my, my brother was competing over the uh, New England baseball complex. And all of a sudden I get a text from my parents saying, saying, Hey, the number one, 2023, like baseball player, like in like the entire 2023 class, the number one kid is pitching on this field. And he's like, he's, you know, so he's, I think going to be a junior next year, but he's the, the six, seven lefty. He throws 97 miles an hour. And it's like, it's like, dude this is freakish like how do you do this type of stuff like at that age i'm like it's insane just built different no literally just <laughs> built different like this guy's the size of chris freaking sale and just throws absolute freaking laser beams and i mean back to, i mean back to you know when i was in high school i went to a, a thrower's pentathlon when i was in my junior year of high school and yeah you know i me being pretty skinny i was like oh well i, I can i'm not gonna do very well in throwing but i can do well in sprints and i can yeah. try to place well there's another kid that I was playing us throwing us. He was in like my my group the entire time. He was, yeah. This dude was top three of every single throw, mm-hmm. top three. And it's like, oh well, maybe I can, I can beat this kid in a, in a in a sprint. Yeah, kids smoked me. Really, kids, kids like six six four, probably like two fifty pounds, <laughs> just just incredibly strong, and he just he destroys me. That man sprint. is that man's an Adonis. Holy crap! Like he he won the meet by a, like a long shot. No That's- pun intended. I mean, get this man, like, not even to the Olympics, like, the Gladiator games. I don't know. Yeah. Like, that's insane. Like, that is crazy. But, wow. <laughs> but, you know, you know, one of the things I had to, you know, ask about was, uh, you know, going back to that, you know, when you're facing off against, like, these kids and trying to figure it out, like, obviously, a lot of the skill, you know, is, you know, is, like, what you're doing there. And it's, you know, like, what you're doing in the boat. And it's, like, saying, like, okay, I need to do this here. And I need to, like you know, if you're not like physically active while you're doing it, then things aren't going to go as well. But in your mind, how much of, how much of sailing in, you know, your opinion would be, you know, mental versus physical, like, you know, like, you know, if like you were talking about like the rules of the road, like when you're, mm-hmm. when you're sailing, which I had zero well, idea, I, idea yeah, about. I'd probably say probably a good, like 80% of it is mental. Really? And the rest of it is it's physical. Yeah. And I mean, it's important to, you know, be fit and then yeah, say, stay active. Because, I mean, in terms of college sailing, the sort of unfortunate part of it is that, so the, the majority of sailboats that we sail on, which are the 420s, another one called the FJ. Yeah. These are junior boats, so they're built for kids. Oh, jeez. And so the combined crew weight, like like what it's built for, for an FJ is 200, like a combined crew weight, so the two people on it. Yeah. Is built for 260 pounds of total crew weight. And for a 420, it's 280. And so if you do the math... You know, let's say the average like that means the average guy sailor has to be around you know 140 150 jeez what and do you that, what do you come in at i'm 175 okay and i'm a crew okay and with the crews like what more often than not you'll have guys being skippers and then girls being crews okay and so the skippers drive through the main sail mm-hmm. and the crews do the forward sail the jib mm-hmm. and then everything else in the boat and they balance up the boat and everything else like that makes sense but for me i'm i'm 175 as a crew and so i mean in heavy air Mm-hmm. it becomes much more physical because you just have to keep the boat flat and you have to really work to keep the boat flat so you can sail fast. Yeah. But I mean, if it's, if it's light air though, it just comes down to skill level mm-hmm. and then how you maneuver the boat. I mean, there's definitely been days when it's just blowing 25 miles an hour, which doesn't sound that fast, but once you get out there, it really ramps up. Yeah. You know, and then, and then I'm just 
your your abs and your quads are just screaming at you <laughs> 10 minutes in so. pleading you to stop yeah uh you know that that kind of begs a good question of uh you know when you're out there doing that and it's so like and like the, the weather is so aggressive you know that's obviously got to be a huge obstacle is there any other obstacles that maybe you've, that you maybe you've had you know throughout your athletic career and you know maybe in sailing like I don't, I don't know if you've had any injuries through sailing. I mean, that would, I don't know if there's anything like that, but if, if you have any, if you haven't had any injuries, like uh, we could hear about that. But uh, besides that, you know, what would other, what would some other huge obstacles, you know, throughout sailing be and how did you kind of overcome them? Well, I mean, I've had no serious injuries, but I mean, that's good. Cuts, dings and bruises are, yeah. I mean, obviously are, are, are not every, are an everyday, everyday thing where, you yeah. know, you, you, you tack wrong, you turn wrong and then you, you bang your shit against <laughs> against like the some of the, the fiberglass or whatever and then you're just getting cuts and bruises and i mean i've definitely racked up a few and then <laughs> i was on a, i was on a 40 foot yacht doing um so the new york yacht club mm-hmm. it's one of the like one of the oldest in america okay and they had like their 167th annual race mm-hmm. and so i was on a 40 foot yacht and my so there's like the side wires that hold up the mast called stays okay and then so the forward sail like the jib or if it's like the bigger size like the the term for it is like the genoa yeah and so that thing was completely filled up with air mm-hmm. and and the the line that controls it was against the side wire and my arm got pinned in between the two and didn't feel great to say the least no i can't imagine it would but i mean i, I, I was okay after that but it just in, in the moment it definitely wasn't yeah def- definitely but killed no, but nothing nothing serious like breaking an ankle or anything i mean let's get here and any sailor worth their salt is gonna have concussions as well from yeah just getting clocked in the head by the, the boom the, which is the, the horizontal pole okay yeah on on sailboats and getting hit by the boom is happens all the time so yeah have, have you ever have you ever had uh any concussions out of that or a couple of minor ones nothing okay. nothing life-altering so well that's good so i mean i kind of tackled a couple you know some slight negatives there in terms of the bumps and bruises but uh, in your in your mind, what would some of your favorite racing stories be? Kind of, uh, you know, it could be something, you know, either from when you're younger or even, you know, out or even out in college. What would some of, uh, you know, your, you know, favorite, you know, it could be an all time or just like, you know, something very small. What would your favorite racing story be? So my last day of practice, um, last last season of my school's um, racing team, we had like an in-house regatta. Okay. And for reference. It was too windy to go out sailing that day. Yeah. It was too windy to go out sailing that day. It was like, it was like 20 to 25 gusting to 30 plus. Jesus. And you're on these little boats and these things are just getting blown over all the time. Yeah. And so me being 175, my, a good friend of mine, um, his name is Tyler. Okay. We're like, we're both like 175. And so like, we're like probably the heaviest, if not the second heaviest boat out there. And we're just like the only ones that can just keep the thing flat and just keep going. Yeah. But the thing is, because like when you're going downwind, mm-hmm. you need to really be careful because what can happen is that if you don't play your sail controls right, yeah, what can happen? Your sails can fill and your boat can spin out of control and capsize. And so we, that's called death rolling. We death rolled. Oh, Jesus. And we took on so much water and like the water is still freezing because it's springtime. Sailing yeah. In the <laughs> ocean, you're on the ocean and it's like, doesn't like, tickle, <laughs> you know, 40 something degrees. Jeez. And so we get the boat back up. And our boat's just filled with water. And we almost pitch pull on the way that back down. And for reference, what pitch pulling means is that it means you capsize and you're going forward. Your bow plows into the water and you get launched up that way. That oh, that almost happened once or twice. Have you have you ever done that? When uh, luckily I haven't. But um, 
I've had some other funky cap sizes as well. Jesus. And then, I mean, in that regatta, we did, like, I think we got, like, third or fourth. And if we hadn't kept it, like, I was, that was my mistake in the cap size because I'm responsible for changing the sail controls. Mm-hmm. And I should have I should have changed that. But if not, then we would have gotten mm-hmm. second place, like, easy peasy in wow. that race. The only person that beat us was being um, someone on my team who is in a very, like, maybe one of the most famous sailing families in the world really the the, the reed family in, in newport really so that is that's crazy yeah i mean yeah and she she was also the captain of our the other captain of our team and <laughs> she was just a phenomenal phenomenal sailor so that's awesome wow that's crazy that you guys that you're able to sail with someone like that and you know able to be on the team with someone like that uh you know you know, kind of going forward with this, you know, you, you had mentioned to me before, uh, before we started the interview that you're, you know, working with some, working with some younger kids now, mm-hmm. uh, how is that experience? Cause you know, you, you know, you obviously learned at a young age and what's it like now passing that on to, I think you were saying like some, some seven, like some like seven, eight year olds, like how is that experience? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've definitely worked with the seven, eight year olds in the past. The, this summer I've been working with like the 13 to 17 age. Okay. And that's comes with its own pros and cons, but yeah. I mean, you really see the kids who just want to go there and mess around and just kind of want to goof off and yeah. get, get the other kids that want to actively learn. Mm-hmm. And it's, and with COVID, like we, we have a reduced like camp size this year. Okay. We normally have like 30 to 40 kids. Yeah. And they just kind of like have like a counselor or like a teacher for like each sort of respective groups, like mm-hmm. sailing abilities, like, like the, you know, all the beginners, they just want to mess around and then just, yeah. You're teaching them very basic stuff like oh hey guys this is how you turn this is how you turn <laughs> and then meanwhile with like the, the super advanced kids like okay guys this is how you win a race yeah and all stuff like this but with this year it's it's very much the lines are very blurred and so you, you're just juggling mm-hmm. all these groups of kids like meanwhile you're telling trying to get this kid to to turn have like the best turns possible mm-hmm. meanwhile you gotta tell the the other goof off in the back it's like <laughs> hey sit sit correctly you're gonna get clocked in the head yeah like, like you're trying to just keep them from not dying yeah no, i so. mean as a as as a camp counselor this summer for uh you know a couple of weeks up at sutton high school you know telling kids telling kids hey do this right or you may get hurt is something i've had to you know reiterate a couple times especially especially in a couple of games you know some sometimes they listen a lot of times they don't yeah. <laughs> but uh you know th- that's that's good that you are kind of you know helping teach like the next generation in this area that's awesome to see uh you know you know, kind of looking at some of the things I have a couple more of the things I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, uh, in terms of sailing, obviously you're doing this collegiately competing against other competing against other schools. What would be some goals that you have for yourself in racing and, you know, going forward? Well, this, this sounds kind of counterintuitive, but I want to get out of dinghy sailing. Really? Like I'm, I, so all the, the only like real bit of racing that I've done is in dinghies and okay. I kind of just want to get out of it because yeah, as I said earlier, like the the boats that we sail on are built for two sixty to two eighty pounds. Yeah, built for children. And so <laughs> me being with someone else, where it's just a heavy boat. Yeah, and you really need the wind to be to be ripping. Yeah, and you're gonna be tired at the end of the day in order just to stay competitive. Mm-hmm. And so I want to move to like sort of like the bigger boats. I've been doing a program in Newport. Okay, where we sail um CNC thirty one design classes, where okay. it's like a thirty foot, a super racing yacht. Okay. <laughs> And I've been doing that, and that's an absolute blast. And yeah. I want to move towards some of the bigger boats. Like the other, like the only kind of other big collegiate racing boat is the J70, which isn't, it's not 70 feet, but it's like a four person mm-hmm. kind of middle sized boat. Mm-hmm. And 
if um there's a lot more plans to be doing that in the fall so if i can move towards that where weight isn't as much of a factor and i can just kind of let how good i am at sailing shine rather than how much i weigh yeah yeah <laughs> i mean that that's good that's good uh that's good to hear and i wish you the absolute best with that i thank you i hope you uh, do succeed in that uh the final question i have for you before we end up uh before we end up going is you know, you know, this, this is a li- little bit tied to sailing, a little bit tied to real life. Obviously, uh, you know, I've, I've said this to more athletes where, you know, injuries and other things like that kind of rack up. I don't know exactly, you know, what the wear and tear is on people who are people who, you know, do sailing. I mean, you know, you could probably speak better to that as to what that involves. Sorry, say again. Uh, it, you know, like, like is, is the wear and tear on people who like, you know, you know, do racing and stuff like that, you know, in sailing, is it as, like are are you able to do it at like later ages than in like other sports oh or? yeah yeah um yeah so like sailing's a thing you can you know let, let's let's take track and field like you're only going to be fast if yeah you're, let's say under you know like in the you know 20 to 25 yeah maybe, maybe prime career yeah, in your physical prime but with sailing it's just because so much of it is just mental mm-hmm. rather than physical you know i'm i'm sailing with guys who are absolute pros they get paid to sail and then like they're in their 40s okay. and i've been doing like this sort of big boat selling for only a couple months and they've been doing it for you know 20 30 years wow and so they have just so much more knowledge mm-hmm. of sailing than i do and you know i've that 40 foot boat um the guys of the boat are just the some of just the nicest people and then they're in like their 60s okay wow that's and, awesome and so they're getting out there still going to races having having fun trying their best hundred percent. I mean, all, all the respect to, I mean, I, I have a golf instructor who I believe is 75 at this point, absolutely nails the crap out of a ball. And I'm, I'm just like the fact that these guys can, that some of these guys can do what they do at their age is absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but the, you know, the final thing I wanted to ask is, you know, obviously, you know, the wear and tear may not be, you know, such a big deal for, you know, for like maybe on a football player or on like, you know, certain guys like that, but, you know, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, when, uh, if, when, you know, not, you know, doing sailing and what and whatnot, what is something that you hope to, you know, do, you know, later on in your life, obviously, you know, maybe a dream job of yours, something like that. What do you hope to do when uh, you're done with school and everything like that kind of wraps up? Um, well, I'm in school. I'm entering my junior year for electrical engineering. Okay. Hope to get something along those lines, just something where I can just be kind of creative in my problem solving. Yeah. While also, you know, at the end of the day, making making some some good money yeah while doing it i'm there with you but um in terms of like a dream job i can't really think of much but i i think being somewhere close to the water because being in sutton mass you have to drive probably hour hour and a half to, fair to get to it's newport or narragansett yeah i mean the so only like the only real big the only the only real solid body of water you have is a single tear but you'd cruise across that in like five seconds yeah. in the boat and um i mean yeah just just moving somewhere closer yeah and and on that whole uh wear and tear thing in terms of like how how old these guys get like i mean obviously like you when you're in your physical prime you're doing a more physical job in the yeah, boat. yeah yeah and so as you get older more experience move kind of from the front of the boat to the back of the boat okay so like the guys at the front are like more like muscles like oh hey get this sail up as fast as you can <laughs> and you know all the guys in the boat are like back guys in the back are steering and they're like i think we should take this we should take this tack now okay Yes, we got the and then it's just like they're they're talking and bouncing all these like more mm. more advanced yeah they're kind of the, they're kind of the mind of the operation while the guy at the front is more muscle not, not taking anyone off at the front of the boat yeah. but but just like you know 
you know, talking, you know, specifically, that's kind of, is that kind of the, a fair assessment of that? Yeah. Generally the more tactically minded you are, the, okay. the further back into the boat you sit or fair. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I don't, it's kind of like a, uh, it's kind of like a, like a wolf pack where you have the leader towards the back and they kind of, you know, make sure everyone in front is doing their, mm-hmm. is doing what they need to be doing. Want to go first and chess. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, but you know, but, you know, obviously, Rowan, you know, I had a great time talking with you today about sailing yeah, was a, uh, you know, was really glad to have you on to talk about this. It was uh, something I was really look fo- looking forward to do. I remember I remember uh, Pat Edwards hit me up and he, he said he said, hey, Rowan, Rowan really wants to come on and talk about sailing. I was like, absolutely. I was like, you know, for me, when it comes to stepping out of my, out of my comfort zone, I love to do it on this show because, you know, just getting in with talk and talking with people who you know, have just expertise in different areas than me. It's something that I really like to do on this show. And I think for my viewers, it's just awesome. It's awesome for them to get like other perspectives of things. So, you know, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, this episode will be coming out uh, this Friday, August 20th. So, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a great time when that comes out. Uh, but if you guys are not listening to down to the wire at this point, what the hell are you guys doing? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Ro- Rowan's got the program. Yeah, Rowan has, Rowan's on board here. So if you guys aren't falling down the wire at this point, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube. But the main hub you can reach us through is our Instagram. You can follow that at down dot to the wire. Again, at down dot to the wire on Instagram. Rowan, if you have any you know plugs or anything like that that you want to shout out at this time, I'll let you do that. Maybe the URI sailing team, any guys like that. I mean, yeah. Um, the URI sailing team. Um, you can maybe see a couple pictures of what we're doing down there. Um, uh, Gamecock Sailing. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the guy who's putting on that um, big program down in Newport that I was mentioning earlier. Okay. Um, amazing guy. Super nice guy. Always mm-hmm. posting pictures all the time about what they're doing and some of the, the bigger boats down there. Yeah. And that's about it. I, I've, I've kind of stopped using my socials, <laughs> more or less. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just following following one of those two. Um great great things where people are always interested and love what they do. So yeah. Uh but I you know, Rowan, it was a great time having you on. Unfortunately, we are down to the wire, which means I'm gonna do a quick little run through of what we talked about. Obviously, yeah, obviously had him on the podcast, did everything like that, talked about his experience about his experience in, you know, all things athletics and what led him to sailing, talked about, you know, some of the triumphs and uh some of the struggles that he's had in it, as well as some of the uh great stories and people he's met along the way. Uh, all in all, it was a great episode, Rowan. I was really glad to have you on. But from down to the wire, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Rowan Woods. And we'll see you guys next time. Take care.